just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and I'm here, as always, with two dear chums, Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. I'm a deer. <laughs> You're a chum. And I'm, yeah, I'm dog food. <laughs> chum chum. I'm a cute little deer. Oh, headlights. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Which is good. So, um, Yeah, it's because you weren't, you weren't able to make it into the last week's episode, so yeah, it's so good to have you back. Yeah. One week on, how are you feeling, Jess? I am... Fine, thank you. It's a great recovery. I had to take the next day off work. I couldn't get home from here. <laughs> I had to come get picked up. Um, but I'm okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Sorry about that. For those who missed it, go back and listen to it. Yeah, go back yeah. and listen. Go back and listen to the lack of Jess throughout last I week's mean, episode. Technically, technically, I was physically present. Yeah, physically present. Except uh, the two times I left the room. I was going to say, there were times you weren't physically present. Yeah, but you carried on because you're professionals, unlike me, <laughs> who leaves the room to spew. So this podcast, do go on if you are new to it. It's a, a podcast all about uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, each week we do a show about a different topic, which has been suggested by a listener. It'll be picked out uh, and a report will be written by one of the three of us. The other two of us don't know what that topic is. And this week it's Jess and we start the topic with a question. Yes, and my question is, have you heard of... <laughs> okay, I love these ones. Yeah, because I don't think you'll know this one because I certainly didn't. Okay, so no is the answer. Ooh, well, she's guessing. I'm presuming. I could be wrong. You, okay. could... you know what presuming does? It makes a pruse uh, out of... Sue and me? Sue me. <laughs> oh, I lost control of that one. <laughs> Do you want me to say assuming? Yes. Okay, I assumed you well, don't know. You know what assuming does? That makes an assumey about N and G. Okay, oh, fuck. Good. All right, please just ask the question. <laughs> Have you heard of the Great Train Robbery? Yes. yes. <laughs> Ronnie Biggs. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he just... Oh, I was going to tell you the story, but I'll let you do that, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the most Jess thing to ever happen. No one's heard of this obscure story. Well, I didn't. I didn't know how else to ask I, the question. Look, I don't know too that. much about. It. I just know the, bare, gonna... the bare bones, the bare minimum. Yes, I'd be the same. I know the skeleton of this story. I know enough for a pub quiz. Great. Okay. Th- this is great. Yeah, I knew that it was in the news not too long ago. Yeah, it would've been. Uh, yeah, that's great. I don't know. This would be similar to like things like um, uh, Escape from Alcatraz and stuff like that. I vaguely know it, but I don't know. I don't know the bloody meat. I only know the bones. Yeah, right. So I put this in the hat with two other topics for our Patreon uh, Sydney Scheinberg listeners to vote on. And this was uh, like double anything else. Like it, wow. it, was, it was a big front runner, even though there was another one in there that I was very keen to do because it was ridiculous. So I might try and put that up again <laughs> another time. What was, was there a general topic? Were they all train related? No, they were all kind of event or like wacky events Ooh. in history because I'd done three biographies in a row. I wanted to do something a little bit diff. Yeah. Just do something a bit diff. That is so you. Thank you. You know me. I'm predictable. <laughs> what I'm really, do you do? I'm I, I don't know. I would I would dare not predict, but I'm bloody looking forward to this report. Great. Well, I'm sorry that I did presume you were both idiots like me. Yeah, you made a sue out of Prue and me. <laughs> what? This was suggested by Ed. Funnily enough, I think that's the only Wait, person. from Ed the TV show? Yeah, Mr. Ed. <gasps> from Mr. Ed? Yeah. <laughs> that's an Ed. That's a lot of Ed TV shows. There's Ed TV. Ed, there? Ed, Ed and Eddie. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Wait, what was it? Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. So was the first one had one D, second Ed had That's two right. Ds. Which is silly. What's going on? An Eddie. My grandpa's There was also Eddie. that. There was a, a duo in the 90s called Someone and Eddie, and they had a song that went, You can be baby and you will never find another girl oh. in this heart oh, of mine. God. In this heart of mine. In this heart of mine. In this heart of mine. Would I find you, baby? Would I lie to It's amazing you? the bullshit oh, that yeah. remains in your brain. Was that like three 90s hits together? I think so. Maybe. Did I? Sorry. I think that might have been a bit of a mess. It was a mashup. It was a Jive Bunny mashup. Anyway, so no, just Ed <laughs> suggested this one. So no horse. Uh, no horse, no Ed with two Ds or an Eddie involved. Okay. Um, Charles and Eddie is who's saying, would I lie to you? Important fact. Charles and Eddie. Yeah. It's not a good band name, I is think it? a one-hit wonder. Do you think their names were Charles and Eddie? Oh, no, no, no. The 90s was a wild time, Jess. <laughs> you simple. Oh, you were a 90s child. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I wasn't an adult in the 90s. Please do go on. I'm so Thank sorry, so Jess. Thank you so much. So... <clears throat> At 6.50 on Wednesday, the 7th of August, 1963, the travelling post office train (laughs) set off from Glasgow Central Station en route to Euston Station in London. It was scheduled to arrive at Euston at 3.59 the following morning. That's a long journey. It's a long journey. What, is this some sort of a time (laughs) travelling? It set set itself to arrive at the next day. That's cool. What is like? Is this a DeLorean? It's like it's leaving at night what? and then it arrives in the morning. Just like, <laughs> that's cool. That I didn't know cool? it was a sci-fi thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a true story? Um, you be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman part two. <laughs> um, 
So the train consisted of 12 carriages and carried 72 post office staff who sorted mail during the journey. Does that's that piss six, you off? That's six uh, staff members per carriage. Oh. Dave, am I right? On average, yes. 72. Weirdly, I didn't notice that. But that does bother me a little bit. How about Did- 12? 10 carriages with 75. No, I'm okay with 12. Wait, isn't 72? That's a multiple of 24, yeah, right? Yeah, I know, but yeah. Which is a day. That feels, 72 somehow feels like a round number yeah, to me. Yeah, 72 feels fine. I don't know why either. I don't understand me. Mm. Okay. The second carriage behind the engine was known as the HVP, which was the High Value Packages Coach, which carried large quantities of money and registered mail for sorting. Usually the value of the shipment was in the region of £300,000. Uh, like quite a lot of money at the time. Quite a lot. Yeah. This is in the 60s. But because the previous weekend had been a, a UK bank holiday weekend, the total on this day was between 2.5 and £3 million. Pounds. That is yeah. some hot tamale. That is a lot of pound. Yeah, <laughs> too much pound. What did you enjoy about that? I don't know. I just I liked how you sort of put it so poetically. Play- I'm like, what analogy is she going to use here? <laughs> I play with the tension. Mm. Pausing. Yes. Being comfortable in the oh, silence. Yeah. That's what. That's, that's your gift. <laughs> that's your gift. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know silence. <laughs> Quick, compliment her. <laughs> I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of silence. <laughs> Fill the gap. That is not my gift. <laughs> <laughs> compliment her. Uh, um, okay, yes. So just after three. So they're... they're um, not far from their destination. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Well, they left at like 6.50 p.m. So, yeah. So they're sort of they're in that, you know, when you're time traveling, you're in that weird sort of <laughs> zone in the middle and like numbers are floating through the sky yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and like cows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your mum. You're like, mum? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've all time traveled, Jess. <laughs> mum? What are you doing? Oh, she's gone. Um, Sucked into a wormhole. <laughs> but safely. Um, so just after 3 a.m., the driver, a man called Jack Mills, stopped the train on the West Coast main line at a red signal. Have a piss. No, the signal had been tampered with. Someone had covered the green line and connected a six-volt ever-ready battery to power the red light. <laughs> that sounds oh. too easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of branding involved there too. Yeah, <laughs> I like to name and shame. <laughs> yeah. They know what they did. Yeah. They partook. The locomotive's second crew member, known as the second man or fireman. Oh, I mean. Fireman's a, a very confusing yeah. title. I would demand to be called the fireman because second man sounds bad. Yeah, it's not It's not particularly creative either. But he was a 26-year-old guy called David Whitby. He climbed down from the cab to call the signalman from a railway trackside telephone, only to find that the cables had been cut. Oh, I I once played a train signalman in a sketch, and that character's name was Trey Sigmund. <laughs> now that is creative. <laughs> we took out four letters. I love it. Did you write that? I think no. I think that was Alistair Trombley Birch who would have sounds, written that kind of genius. Yeah, that sounds like something he would do. Mm. So good. He's so good. So talented. God, I wish I was more like Al. Um. As he, uh, so as David turned around and made his way back to the train, he was grabbed from behind and quickly overpowered. Meanwhile, the train driver, 58 year old Jack Mills, waited in the cab for Millsy. Millsy, 
waited in the cab for Whitby to return. Take it a verse. Witters. <laughs> Gang members entered the cabin from both sides of the train and as Mills grappled with one robber and attempted to force him off the, uh, uh, off the train, he was struck from behind by another gang member with a club. Like a nightclub? Yeah, he was struck from behind... Over the back of the head by a nightclub. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they they just hit him with a building. That is quite a blow. Right? Yeah, to his self-esteem. <laughs> I assume. Yeah, you'd feel like a real jackass if you got hit by a nightclub. Yeah. I should have seen this coming. <laughs> it's a nightclub. It's, I mean, they make a lot of sound. But they are notoriously dark and it was nighttime. That's right. And have, he was also very high. Ever been at a nightclub when they turn the lights on? Oh, no good. It's so sad. I remember so. being at Festival Club once, which is uh, during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, it's just Max Watts. It's a venue in Melbourne, but like that's sort of where everybody gathers. And it was 5 a.m. one time and they turned the lights on on us. And it's like, oh, this place sucks in the light. Oh, it's so gross. I can see you all. Oh, yeah. not good. The mystery all vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't have been there at 5 a.m., but it's having a good time. Anyway. Um, so he's been hit over the back of the head, but now the robbers have a problem. Oh. They had to move the train. The bouncers there going, not in those shoes, mate. Uh, button up shirt. Thanks, mate. But but, but, but I've got, I've got three ladies with me. Doesn't that mean something in the (laughs) sixties? I'm afraid not, sir. All right. I went into it. This is, oh, I'm going to show how stupid I am. I went into a bar recently and at the front, obviously, they're checking our ID and he's, like, scanning it. He was making small talk. Then he was taking a photo of us. And I, I was first, so I then, like, waited for my for the person I was with. And I saw what that comes up on the screen for them. And it has, like, your name, age, um, everything. But then also says your star sign. And I was like, that's a bit funny. <laughs> and then only a couple of hours later realised that they could ask kids with fake ID, what's your star sign? And I was like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> starts like I was like, "Oh, Virgo, you'll be picking up tonight." Yeah, I was just like, "That's a bit cute that it has that there." I wonder what the point of that is. And so they know how to deal with them, Virgos. Oh, in this moon phase, yeah, yeah. we better keep our what? eyes on them. Bit of a perfectionist, <laughs> you'll be trouble. You're not coming in. Yeah. I just let in three Capricorns, and you will be starting a fire. <laughs> I know what you guys are like. I know what you fire signs are like. <laughs> if that's what they are, I don't know. Which I guess one in four chance. Yeah, true. Earth, fire, Earth. wind, water, heart. Go planet. <laughs> anyway, anyway, too many derailings for this railway <laughs> themed episode. So they've got a problem. problem. The problem is that they have to move the train from where it's where it's been stopped to a suitable place to load their truck with oh, stolen money. If they didn't bring someone who can drive a train. There was a bridge half a mile or approximately 800 metres ahead. They had thought ahead good, and hired a retired train driver as part of their gang to help with this exact task. Perfect. However, what? despite having driven trains for many years, he was unable to operate this newer type of locomotive. <laughs> it's not automatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't get it. Where's the coal? With no other option, it was decided that Mills, who they'd just made semi-unconscious, would have to move the train to the stopping point near the bridge. So he's just got to go 800 metres. It's not that far, but he's just got to move so the now train. now they're like using the club to like wake him up, hitting him. Get a- Maybe we can bash some sense back into him. Put away the ba- the battering club. So they- the waking club. <laughs> they hit him on the back of the head. Now they're trying to hit him on the front of the head yeah. to like counteract it. Turn on this, this nightclub's lights. 
still wake up. Sober him up. They hit him over there with a health club, a, a day spa. <laughs> A coffee club. Give him yeah, a little coffee hot club cup better. of joe. <laughs> That'll wake you up. <laughs> the train was stopped at uh, Bridego Bridge as the robbers' assault force attacked the high-value package carriage. The train staff were made to lie uh, face down on the floor in the corner of the carriage and Mills and Whitby were then brought into the carriage, handcuffed together and put down beside the staff. And do the robbers have guns at this point or is it just clubs and there's lots of them? Um, that's a good question. I don't think they had guns. Right. There was a- approximately 15 of them. Okay. So it's a pretty big gang. Um, but I don't I don't think they had like, yeah, I think, I think they just had like clubs and brute force. Um, they fought, The robbers, they formed a human chain to remove all but eight of the 128 sacks from the HVP carriage. So they took 120. Thank you. Saxophones. Saxophones, yeah. Wow. They're very valuable. They are valuable. If you're selling 120 saxophones. Bloody hell. Yeah, you're making good money A couple of grand a piece. You melt them down. You haven't, like, outlaid any money. Mm. So it's all profit. Yeah. 100% profit. Yeah, so that's, that's clever business. Yeah, that's a big band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ready to go. Yep. So uh, they're all they're all good to go now with their 120 saxophones. Wow. Yeah. It's like ten each. Ha 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 they forgot, to bring, <laughs> forgot to bring someone who knew how to play the saxophone, so they had to wake up the driver. Mate, so I'm so sorry. We knocked you out again, but can you regain consciousness and test these saxophones? Oh. We need to know. We, we think they're the faulty. Best, we need to know the best sounding ones. We're going to leave behind eight shit ones and take the best 120. <laughs> Luckily, he also knew how to play saxophone. No, so sacks of money and... Uh, Jewels. Other other valuables. Um, they transferred. This took about fifteen to twenty minutes, right? So they formed like a human chain, just passing chain. everything up. Have they? Do you reckon they've run drills and stuff like this? Probably. Um, they departed some thirty minutes after the robbery had begun in their Austin Lodestar truck, and in an effort to mislead any potential witnesses, they used two Land Rover vehicles, both of which had the same registration plate, which was BMG seven five seven A. Okay, is that good? that's cool? Is that good to make people rem- like? It's more likely to remember it, aren't they? Or is it? I, they I think that's that the idea. Way, they're they the they're the decoy ones, right? It'd just be confusing. I don't know, I feel smart and I can't put my finger on why. I know, because then I sort of feel like you've got twice the chances of... Of remembering it. Wouldn't you just have no number plate on it? I think it's sort of meant to be like a red herring, right? I I I thought these were decoys, that's not where the stuff was. They were just decoy... Well, there's 15 of them, so they need more than one car. Right. <laughs> Imagine that. Fuck, we've only bought one. Oh, I misunderstood. I thought they all went off in a truck and then there were these two decoy Land Rovers. No, they've gone off in that as well. So they hit the road and they're listening for police broadcasts. On a, <laughs> Mate, uh, they have VHF gone radio. off in that. <laughs> they, uh, their, their journey taking somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and they arrive like their, back. Gr- their journey of growth. Yes, their personal journey. They're maturing. It's beautiful. Didn't take long, though. Um, they arrived back at Leatherslade Farm around 4.30 a.m., which was the same time as the first reports of the crime were being made. 
So they were hearing on the radio, like, people reporting the crime. Now, Leatherslade was a rundown farm 27 miles or 43 kilometres from the crime scene. It had been bought two months earlier specifically to use as their hideout. Right, there's a lot of outlay going on here. Yeah. I mean, they could have just done it up and sold it for a profit. <laughs> yeah. It's a farm. <laughs> a lot farm in the 60s. Just hang on to it for five years. Yeah. Triple your money. Give it a... Lick a paint? God's sake. Oh, no. For God's sake. <laughs> Learn to invest. <laughs> but now they got all these saxophones to decorate it with. Oh, no, it's a nightmare. Oh. Been watching a lot of Queer Eye as well. And there's one guy who has like all these um, caps, much like the type of hat you like to wear, Matt. And he has them all on his wall. And Bobby says, hats are great for the head. And they are not decor. <laughs> and that's how I think he would feel about all Sac- of those saxophones. Yeah. <laughs> They're great for the head. <laughs> They're not decor. They're not decor. Oh. <laughs> that's good is sax. Is that even saxophone? It's good sax. Yeah, that's sax. I'm not sure that it yeah, is. Yeah, that's sax. Is it? It's in tequila. Isn't it? Skip. No, that's no, that's scats. scats. <laughs> Very similar to sax. God, I'm not good at this. <laughs> All right, so... They've committed their crime. They've taken off. Let's take a step back for a moment. We've heard about the crime. Let's get to know the men behind it. Oh, I love it. This is storytelling at its finest. I wrote all of that down. Let's take a step back. Okay, so there's a few names here, and I've just got little, like, summaries of each of them, like what they were doing in their lives and their star signs, obviously. No, I don't have their star signs, but we can make them up. Um, (laughs) We've got a 1 in 12 chance. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be that hard. Bruce Reynolds was a thief and antiques dealer. He planned the robbery that had become one of the most notorious in British criminal history. He was kind of like the head honcho. There was also Ronald Buster Edwards, who was a former boxer and club owner, widely believed to have uh, been the one to hit Jack Mills over the head. With the club. He's a club owner. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> that makes sense. That does make sense. So he brought his nightclub with him. Yeah. You didn't want, you wouldn't trust it. On a night he's no, not there. That's true. Yeah, no. If he's not there, he doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's Steal fair. from the till. Mm. There was Charles Frederick Wilson. He was the treasurer who gave each of the robbers their cut of the hall. Uh, Roy. I love that they've given ranks for a criminal. It's good, isn't it? Treasurer. It just basically means there wasn't much else about that guy. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know what else he There did. was the secretary. <laughs> there was Roy John James. Booking who, agent. Who was a <laughs> chief getaway driver. Oh, that's a pretty good title. And nicknamed Weasel. He was a silversmith and a proficient racing driver. And he plans to invest his share of the cash in new car technology. Ah. Elon Musk. Wow. Is that where he came from? Yes. Elon Musk. Yeah. Yes. I never knew that. Yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny, so came I will from say crime. yes. Yeah. There was a Brian Arthur Field, who was a crooked solicitor who helped make arrangements for their getaway. I think he was the one who also helped to um, uh, buy the farm and stuff like that. There was Leonard Field, no relation. He was a merchant seaman. (laughs) Uh, A skill set not all that helpful with a train robbery. (laughs) Guys, if this ship, I mean train, (laughs) were to go into any water, I'd be the captain, all right? Uh, It's agreed. He can't break that habit. Still calling it a ship. (laughs) I'm going down with the ship. All right, Lenny. Leonard, get in the fucking truck. (laughs) You mean get in the boat? Yeah. Oh, all right. Fine. <laughs> get in that yacht over there. No problem. Uh, there was Gordon Goody, who was a hairdresser, who moved to Spain to run a bar after his release. That's also, 
I mean, maybe it will help with disguises. I don't know, but like, doesn't seem like that essential when yeah. planning. In an interview with him, he was talking about how his dad like wanted him to go into the family business or something like that. I don't remember what that was, but he was like, "But I wanted to be," and I thought he was going to say hairdresser, and he's like, "A thief." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Love it. Righto. Hey, you know you. There was James Hussey. He was a decorator known as Big Jim. Love it. Nice. Roger Cordray. I mean, if in if they were going to do up the house, yeah, he's very important. And we also need Roger, who's a florist. <laughs> this so is good. a ragtag band. It's it so totally good. Is. Like on um, in Reservoir Dogs, when they get people for their skill sets, or Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it's even more the case. This is not that. <laughs> All right, we've got the florist. We've got the decorator. It started off like the race car driver yeah. as the getaway driver. Yeah, it's like, brilliant. this is great. I mean, they got that, but they didn't get a, tra- a train driver who could drive a train. <laughs> yeah, not the one they had. They also had uh, James White, who was a former paratrooper. He was known as the quartermaster for that the robbery. That feels more useful. Yeah. yeah. He's a rough and tumble guy. Um, Tommy uh, Wisby, he was a bookie and self-confessed heavy I don't fully understand. It was his uh, role to frighten the train staff, so he was just the big dude. Right. And there was Bobby Welch as well, who was a nightclub boss and later a car dealer and gambler. <laughs> so that's the ragtag bunch. Um, so this uh, this raid, it wasn't a spontaneous thing. Obviously they'd um, bought the property ahead of time. Uh, it was devised over a period of months by a core team. So Goody and Edwards, along with Bruce Reynolds, Charlie Wilson and Roy James, uh, Reynolds assuming the role of mastermind for the robbery. And what was his background again? Which one's Reynolds? Bruce Reynolds was the um, – he was a thief and antiques dealer. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, so he and you did say of, you planned it, yeah. Yeah, he, he was sort of, yeah, um, one of the, the leaders of it. Um, this gang, although they were very successful in the criminal underworld, had virtually no experience in stopping and robbing trains. <laughs> so they enlisted the help of another London gang called the South Coast Raiders. This group, which included Tommy uh, Wisby, Bob Welch, Jim Hussey, um, were already accomplished train robbers. Um, and uh, that was Roger Cordry as well, the um, the florist, a man who was a specialist in this field and knew how to rig the trackside signals to stop the train. So, like, I mean, floristry, is that just a cover at this point? Must be. Oh, I mean, like, we all have, all three of us do multiple things. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Floristry is the day job. Yeah. Who are we to judge? Passion is train robbery. Yeah. In Get Smart, Could be the other way around. Don, Don Adams' cover job was greeting card salesman, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's a, great... a similar sort of idea, florist. Yeah, there you go. Um, just somebody you wouldn't wouldn't expect. It's a good cover. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it. You, would, you wouldn't be like, oh, been another big train robbery. I Let's go bust the local florist. Do you know what? I went to a florist a couple of months ago and bought a bunch of flowers and it was a very small shop and he didn't greet me when I walked in, like just ignored me, seemed annoyed that I was there even though I was giving him money. But I noticed as he was wrapping the flowers up, it's so weird that I had this thought, but he had these monstrous hands. I was like, his hands were enormous and I was sitting there watching him wrap these flowers like he could kill someone with those hands. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And now I think that was clearly a cover. Yeah. That makes sense. And the amount you paid, daylight robbery. <laughs> Flowers are fucking expensive. Do you think I have enough evidence to call the police? I yes. think so. This yeah. man had large hands. Arrest him at once. They were so big, they must have committed a murder. <laughs> they could. If they haven't already, they could. Um, right, so back up to where we were up to. They've escaped. 
They've arrived at Leatherslade Farm around 4.30 in the morning, just as the crime's being reported. Is there enough bedrooms for everyone? There's not enough bedrooms. Oh, my goodness. This is so badly planned. Well... At the farm, they counted the proceeds and divided it into 16. <laughs> they counted the bedrooms. They counted the bedrooms. Guys, we should have counted before, but there's 15 of us and there's only four bedrooms. <laughs> it's just not good. Yeah, but heaps of bunk beds. Great. They're fine. Um, Sorry, counted proceeds. And they divided it into 16 full shares and several smaller shares for associates, like the dodgy solicitor who helped them buy the farm as a hideout. Um, so they sort of had other associates to pay off, but they gave themselves larger shares, obviously. The full shares came to approximately £150,000 each, which is about $2.65 million today. Wow. Pounds. Pounds. Wow, so that's really good money. That's huge. Yeah, um, that is a really good money. I think someone should write that down. That's yeah. the quote of the day so far. That's a really good money. I'm pretty sure that is really good money. Oh, no, that is really good money. But what Dave said was that's a, a really, really good, good money. money. Sorry, uh, new character. <laughs> that's a really good money. Italian accountant. Who doesn't do an Italian accent yeah. but does speak in broken English. That's a really good money. <laughs> That's hey, amore. When I learn a new language, I like to nail the accent first, then learn the words. Okay. Molto bene. Yeah. <laughs> Va bene. Allora. Um, uh, they had food to last them quite a long time in hiding, although the plan was to stay there just for a few days before they thought it would be safe to leave. Sort of like hide out, lay low, and then they could go home um apparently they were in really good spirits they were drinking they were playing monopoly with real money <laughs> <laughs> there were there wasn't there a couple of gamblers in the bunch oh yeah i bet they lost their money before the week was out i think that's so crazy like i'd be like yeah let's play with the real money but i'm not actually betting on it. well yeah. then again i'm not a gambler mm. not a gambler or a robber or, or or competitive at all so i don't give a shit about or a monopoly player or british mm. Try as I might. Or alive in the 60s. That's amore. See, I can't do it. Um, that's a good of money. <laughs> that's a good of money. The police had calculated that instead of taking off with their haul, they'd gone to ground within thirty mile within a 30-mile radius of the crime scene. Well, they're bloody right. Yes, but this was based on information given by a witness at the crime scene who stated that a gang member had told the post office workers not to move for half an hour. Oh, for God's sake. The press interpreted this information as a 30-mile radius, which was about a half-hour drive in a fast car. Uh, Dickhead. Don't move a half an hour and please don't tell them to search Leather Slade Farm. That's Leather Slade Farm. Wait, can you explain that one more time? What, what, what happened there? So one of the robbers has said, don't move for half an hour. So they assume, well, they're travelling within a half-hour radius. So now they have an approximate. They go, okay, well, they'd be driving pretty fast. This is an approximate area they're going to be in that is that is really dumb if that is where they are about half an hour away yes matthew they are did you listen to any of what we said where did you go that is not a good money <laughs> that is not a good that money. is not a good memory <laughs> not a good memory the gang realised that this information probably meant they'd be found sooner than they had anticipated, so they decided they would leave the farm the next day to avoid capture. Uh, guys, we haven't finished the game of Monopoly. I'm looking pretty good. I don't want to stop until Matt lands on my Mayfair Hotel. Someone take a photo of the board. <laughs> we can recreate this later at our next hideout. Oh, my God. Do people do that? Probably. How sad. Monopoly is a it's a divisive game. It has ruined friendships. I've, I've never 
I've never been near one a completed game. No, really. I haven't. It's, it's fun. I haven't fun. played it since I was a kid, but it does feel boring to me. Are we going to play Monopoly? <laughs> no. Oh, I'd be well up for it. We'll have a little dinner. We'll have a little wine. Oh, hey, you want nice. some wine, some cheese? I'd be up for another. Well, we play Trivial Pursuit or something. Yeah, okay, that mm. makes more sense for us. <laughs> but I'm an idiot. Oh, I'm not good Let's at play anything. Yahtzee. Yahtzee! <laughs> only if I can yell Yahtzee every that's time. A, that's a key part of the game. But I will be only increasing in enthusiasm and, le- and, Yahtzee. and I volume. Should, I think we should play Trivial Pursuit but still yell Yahtzee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I yell Monopoly? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> oh, I'm not coming. Anyway, um, so they, they're they deciding to leave the farm. Now, it had been arranged that an associate, referred to as Mark, was paid to burn down the farm in order to destroy the evidence. What kind of evidence are they leaving there? Like, like fingerprints and... Monopoly boards. Oh, right, of course. Physical evidence of them being there because they were there. Right. Yeah. But, however, Mark didn't do this. He did a runner, and by the time the gang were ready to get back to the farm... Uh, the police had already found their hiding spot under the kitchen of the abandoned house. So they'd burrowed like underground. They weren't just in a house. They were sort of right. in like a bunker underneath. Oh, that's awesome. So they were, I think, pretty well covered, but the police found it so, quite easily. What, did they discover that Mark hadn't burned it down so they were trying to get back to burn Exactly, it yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all within a couple of days. Couple of days. Couple of, um, day. couple of days. So they, I think... So let's say it was a I think Wednesday when they did the crime, Thursday, Wednesday when they did the crime and it, they were planning on leaving. Originally it was going to be like Sunday. They'd stay there for a few days and then Mark would do it Monday, but they left the next day, uh, like Friday, and he didn't go and burn the place down. So by the time they've realised he's done a runner and they go back to do it themselves, the police had already found it. Oh. Um, so that's not good. They had to burn the police down. Um, they had to burn the police down. <laughs> um, and uh, in an interview that I saw as well, somebody was like, if you're going to hide, like hide in the city because people in the country are a little yeah. bit nosier. Yeah. They sort of know oh, what's going on a bit more. When a group of 15 guys yeah. that they've never seen before rock up. Rock up and then you don't see them because they've gone underground. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's going on? Because Where'd they all go? But their truck's still there. The police mm. were actually given a tip-off from a herdsman who used a field adjacent to um, Leatherslade Farm who obviously must have seen something out of the ordinary that people were probably there or cars were there or something. So he's tipped them off and uh, and a few days after the robbery... Um, a police sergeant, a constable, went to the property and the farm was deserted but they found a tr- uh, the trucks used by the robbers, um, which had been hastily painted yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds like they've done a shit job. Like, yeah. ah, it's a different car. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, a, yellow, a bright yellow truck. Um, they also found a large quantity of food, bedding, sleeping bags, post office sacks, registered mail packages, Banknote wrappers and a Monopoly board game. <laughs> they did leave the Monopoly. I, yeah. I, I like the um trying to get a get away with it by painting a, a different car. It's like going, uh, they like, oh, but we were looking for a red truck. Oh, that mustn't be it. Or it's like it's like the guy going, um, I'm going to put on this hat. Yeah. And the cops rock up and they go, no, oh, our guy didn't have a hat on. So... That can't be him. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry to bother you, Mr. Hat. <laughs> but you know how they had like one truck and then the two Land Rovers that matched? Yeah. Well, they were both there as well. 
Right, great. And I mean, not what's painted. the? I don't understand the point of the number plate thing if they're both just going to yeah, be. Yeah, I don't really no, get that either. It almost feels like you have twice the chance of getting caught. Yeah, yeah t- people remember the. Number. I thought they were decoys, but it feels like they were just they just things- drove to the same place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like people are like, oh, I was seeing double. I must be misremembering. I won't tell the cops. <laughs> yeah. Four crusties. <laughs> I was seeing four crusties. <laughs> um, so they've done a, a real sweep of uh, all the evidence that's left behind and the police undertook a major search. They found out um, from the crime scene after having failed to find any forensic evidence there. Um, a watch was put on the seaports. Um, and the Postmaster General, Reginald Bevins, offered a £10,000 reward to the first person giving information leading to the apprehension and conviction of the persons responsible for the robbery. And in the in the public, it was quite divisive. Like some people were like, well, they're robbers, like they're, they're bad guys, but other people were kind of like, good on them. Because it was so ballsy, because it was such a big thing that they'd like so much money, an unfathomable amount of money at the time for them to have got away with. Some people were kind of like a bit Robin Hood, even though they weren't giving it to the poor, <laughs> no, they were they taking didn't it for themselves. Bash the shit out of a train driver. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. Like, um, obviously, you look at it and go, well, no, they're criminals. But some people at the time were, were sort of like, what a bunch of heroes. Jess, you say that some people at the time, me right now, I'm barracking for them to get away. I can't help myself. <laughs> no, I always do the same thing too. Yeah. It's like, go on. And then Why'd you leave them an upley board? Fuck! Even while you were saying that and then you go, they did bash a guy and I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, you might change your mind with more information Oh, as well. okay. Oh, they didn't bash a guy. Oh, no, they did. Um, so the first member to be caught was Roger Cordray. I think he was a florist. Um, of course, he was the, uh, he went straight back to the flower shop. The Couldn't resist. Bournemouth or Bournemouth police were tipped off by a police widow, Ethel Clark, when Cordroy and his friend William Bowl, B O A L, Bowl, Bowel, Bowel, paid rent for a garage three months in advance, all in used ten shilling notes. Um, used yeah. was Usually noteworthy. They pay in brand new ten shilling. <laughs> yeah, notes. good point. Oh yuck! <laughs> so what? she was like, something's not quite right here. So she tipped off the police. <laughs> Imagine you calling the police about that. The money has been used. <laughs> in a brutal and heartbreaking twist, William Bowl, who was not involved in the robbery at all, was sentenced to twenty-four years in prison uh, for the robbery. And uh, he died in prison in 1970. Oh. So what was his connection again? He was just a friend of one of them. Renting the garage with Yeah, them. he and, and his friend Roger were renting this space. I think he was probably helping him lie low. He might have known what Roger had been involved in, but, but he had nothing to do with it. Ooh. And this is what I, this is where I think your opinion might change of them because, and I haven't written this down perfectly, so I'm going from memory here of a docker that I watched. But um, a lot of them pleaded not guilty and claimed they didn't do it in their trials. So when he was up as well, they couldn't say no, no, he wasn't involved right. because that would then imp- mean they were admitting it. But then somebody made the point that that like once they're all convicted and they're in jail, oh, then it, say, it doesn't hurt you at all yeah. to let him. All right, I did to it. speak up unless they're still trying to yeah. appeal. But you're like, well, I'm convicted, but he wasn't involved, Ugh. and he died in prison. An innocent man. 
Isn't that fucked? Yeah, that's heartbreaking. And like even some of the robbers were like, yeah, that that was uh, that was wrong. He shouldn't he shouldn't have gone to prison for oh. that. Oh, that was oh, they were, that is big of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, I, no, they do sound like come good, back good, around on them. Yeah. They're all right. Um, so other arrests followed after Roger as well. Um, eight of the gang members and several associates were caught. The other arrests were made by Sergeant Stan Davis and Probationary Constable Gordon Charlie Case. I don't know why you get Charlie from Gordon, but okay. Jess, by the way, you know how I'm like I know this. So I have not known a single okay. piece of this so far. That's good. I've I've heard of it is what it turns out. Good. All I knew about it was the name, I think. Yeah. And you haven't mentioned Bigsy yet, have I just realised that too. I think I skipped him in my list. Oh, right. I assume that maybe I, I'm like, where does he come? there was another Ronnie you You're mentioned. right. I must have missed him in my list. There was Ronald Biggs as well. Okay, right. great. I was starting to think that maybe he he came in late somehow. No, no, I'm no, like, no. I really don't know this story at all. No, I didn't want to question involved. it. In fact, he's in like a, a sentence I have coming up. So what's his, his what's his background there? I don't um I don't remember what his sort of um uh hang on let's. Because you said another When you said Ronald, yeah, I thought. I was like, well, maybe when he goes on the run, he changes his name and the media picked that up. So that's why we all know him. I've got it here. Ronnie Biggs. Um, Yeah, because I'd always assumed he must have been like one of the real key players. Like the leader, I thought. But but maybe it's just because something that happened later made him capture the attention. Well, yeah, Ronnie... uh, I don't have much here about like what his, you know how the others were like a florist or a racing car driver. I don't have heaps here about like what his main skills were. But he did go on to be one of the most sort of famous of this group for what he did after this. Right. So, and I'll talk a bit about that later as well. Became um, an Olympic runner, triathlete. Amazing. Yeah. Look, looking forward to that part of the story. I mean, don't. I mean, that's really hiding in plain sight, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he also... <laughs> Representing your country and getting a gold medal. His his nickname that he gave himself um, was the fastest man who had ever gotten away with a train robbery. <laughs> and it was catchy. I yep. mean, if you've ever robbed a train, would you call yourself that? Yeah. No, no. Of course not. No, yeah. no. That's smart. So that's clever. That's why they called him Bigsy, because he had Bigs brains. What's a Bigs of money? It's a Bigs money. So on the 16th of August, two people were taking a morning stroll in Dorking Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Dorking. I bet the people who live around there are a bit lame. <laughs> are they just? Yes. Oh. <laughs> they discovered a briefcase and a camel skin bag, all or both of which contained money. They called, Used? They called the police. <laughs> who also discovered another briefcase full of money in the woods. In total, a sum of £100,000 was found. I I never find these briefcases. Not once have I ever found a briefcase with $100,000. You're not looking. Yeah, I know. I know. Get off my ass and look for the briefcase. The question, of course, is... You sound like my (laughs) mum. If you're in Dorking Wood, you find hundred grand, equivalent to, what, £2 million or something these days. Do you call the police? Uh, if, yeah. If you're a dork, you do. Yeah. yeah. And these guys are dorks. Some of the classic <gasps> I hadn't dorks. connected that. Yeah. Um, inside the camel skin bag as well was a receipt from the uh, from a cafe, a restaurant, 
It said, uh, one train robbed. <laughs> Signed, bludgeoned man. <laughs> it's weird to sign off like that, but... And it had... I mean, he, was, he had a concussion. Yeah, oh, that makes got sense. His name. Yeah. It had Brian Field's name on it. Um, so this led to his uh, arrest a month later on I the mean, 15th of September. How many times do you go to a restaurant that they give you a receipt with your name on it? Mm. Yep. What an idiot. And if you, I mean, if you don't want to get... Give a fake name. ...taken by the cops, don't go to a restaurant. I mean, it's in the name. Arrest. No, I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> no, I am. No. <laughs> that is. That's a crowd splitter, sure. Yeah. That took too much of a run up. You're a great divider. I know we've, uh, you know, I always try to go with you on things, yeah. but that was a piece of shit. Honestly, I have annoyed the crap out of me on this episode, and I'm so sorry to everyone listening. I can't stop. I don't know what's happened. I think I'm overtired or undertired. So. Tired. All slept. <laughs> Undertired. I'm undertired. You need to go and have a little spew? Yes. Will that help? Okay. All right. It, it helps for yeah. half an hour. Jess had a great run after that. For she half did. An hour. And then I crashed again. Yeah, and spewed a bit more. And then I had to go home and, and go to bed. <laughs> I was not okay. A roller coaster. Oh, God. What a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, following all of this as well, was the capture of Roy James, Ronnie Biggs, uh, Jim Hussey, and John Daly. So pretty much all of them. Um, are they ratting each other out at this point, do you think? No, I don't think so. I just think they're covering their tracks very well. Covering, covering their tracks all that I mean, well. one of them, like, left 100 grand in a, in a forest. Yeah, it's not very clever. with a receipt in it with his name on <laughs> yeah. it. Like, you're not bright. Um, now, the trial of the robbers began at Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire, the next year, the January 20th, 1964, um, because it would be necessary to accommodate a large number of lawyers and journalists, the existing court was deemed too small. And so the offices were specially converted, uh, the offices of the Rural District Council were specially converted for the event. I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, more taxpayer money wasted on these yeah. <laughs> So um, the defendants were brought to the court each day from Aylesbury Prison in a compartmentalised van out of view of the large crowd of spectators and Mr Justice Edmund Davies presided over the trial, which lasted 51 days and included 613 um, exhibits and 240 witnesses. This is going to sound like a dumb question, but is his first name Justice? (laughs) I also thought, what a fortunate name. (laughs) Isn't that great? So good. Mr Justice. It's like that uh, actor in America called Judge someone. What's his name? Dread. First name's Judge. Oh, I don't think I know him. Have I made that up? <laughs> you think of Ashley Judd? I think of Ashley Judd. <laughs> God, she's good. She is good. God damn it. Double Jeopardy. Is that her? So good. Yes. Um, so on the 11th of February 1964, there was a sensation when John Daly was found to have no case to answer. His counsel... Uh, claimed that the evidence against his client was limited to his fingerprints being on the Monopoly set found at Leatherslade Farm and the fact that he went underground after the robbery. But his counsel went on to say that Daly had played the Monopoly game with his brother-in-law, Bruce Reynolds, earlier in 1963 and that he had gone underground only because he was associated with people publicly sought by the police. This was not proof of involvement in the conspiracy and the judge agreed and the jury were directed to acquit him. I mean... If putting a hotel on Parkland and Mayfair is a crime, <laughs> oh, then put me away now. Lock me up. Lock me Your up, Honor. mate. But if it's not a crime to charge reasonable board for a great facility at a very high-priced hotel, then let me go because I have a hotel to run. 
Thank you. Exactly. You I rest it. my case. You get it. God, you could def- you could represent yourself. I, w- I will. <laughs> okay. I mean, you'd, you'd be almost definitely go to jail, but you could. I could. I could. <laughs> you could if you wanted to. I, could. I don't understand any of the processes, <laughs> but I'm going to try. <laughs> so so he, they're directed to acquit. This guy gets off. He was involved. Yes. Guy not involved. Bowl. Yep. In jail. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Gosh. As for the rest of the accused, 30 years imprisonment was handed down to seven of the robbers, while Brian Field and Leonard Field, no relation, (laughs) successfully appealed the charges of conspiracy to rob, meaning they would only serve five years for the lesser crime of obstructing justice. So they got uh, smaller sentences. Um, At the time, the severity of the sentences caused some surprise, particularly given that their sentences were longer than the sentences handed down to murderers and armed robbers at the time. Hmm. Um, When mastermind Bruce Reynolds was arrested in 1968, he allegedly told arresting officer Tommy Butler that those sentences had a detrimental effect. According to him, they'd promoted criminals generally uh, to take guns with them when they set out on robberies. Because it's like well, you're going to get 30 anyway. <laughs> that seems weird. Oh. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... Not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's yeah. all, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something. What it? But it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. 
capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Bruce Reynolds' son talks about the day because he Bruce Reynolds kind of uh, avoided yeah, well, I mean, like he, he, he wasn't until 68 so it was about five years or something they were on the run so the mastermind's on the run he, he'd be thinking the whole time don't squeal <laughs> don't you squeal yeah um, and so his son talks about the day that the the cops turned up and, and got him and that his dad was kind of like uh, so the, the officer's name arresting officer was Tommy Butler and he saw him and was like Tommy like he was waiting for it basically that whole time and then he went off to prison. What a way to live. Pretty full on. Tommy um, Butler. Tommy, I know why you're here. Tommy, I know oh. why you're here. Tommy Butler. He just shows him his If wrist. it isn't Tommy oh, Butler. Tommy. Doesn't been, this feel like a Guy Ritchie film? you, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy the Tatler. Here we are. Hey, knew you were coming, Tommy. Jess has leant back. She's let me go. Wants to see what happens here. Not going anywhere. That's fine. Good to see you, Tommy. Thanks for coming by. Let's go. I'll, I'll stop you there. You are going somewhere. You're going to jail. No, no. Oh, right. Sorry. I was thinking of a different Tommy. You're the cop one. I thought you were the florist. All right. Off we pop. We get in the paddy van. Here we go, Tommy. All right. I mean, you could just walk quietly to the car. You'd have to commentate the whole way there. Here we go. Left, right, left, right. <laughs> One foot after the other. That's the old mama used to say to me. Left, right. All right. Here we go. Opening the door now. All right. Put my first leg in. Second leg. Watch your head. Watch my head there. Butts on the seat. Buckle up. Shut that door. Here we go. Starting the engine. Driving off. Round the corner. Here we go. All right. We're on the M1, which is a highway in Melbourne. Interesting choice of direction to take. Feels like a long way round. <laughs> And sing. <laughs> Weird thing to say there, as we're... <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, enough. <laughs> um, I've got a bit of a uh, where are they now. I'm going to leave Ronnie Biggs to last. So I love a where are they now. Well, where are they then? It was basically after. <laughs> where are they then? <laughs> 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 I mean, it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. I can't quite do. Anything. Where are they then? Let's find out. <laughs> well, this is what happened to them after after their trials and imprisonments. Okay. Um, Bruce Reynolds fled to Mexico on a false passport, then later to Canada with his wife Angela and son Nick. Uh, as we were talking about just then, in 68, five years after the crime, he returned to England and was captured and jailed for 25 years. Oh, so that's how he got away. He went overseas Yeah, he fled. Five. He was released in 1978 and lived alone and broke in a small flat off London's Edgware Road. He was jailed again in the 1980s for three years for dealing amphetamines. Uh, after his second release, he went on to work briefly as a consultant on the film about the robbery. The film was called Buster and published an, the autobiography of a thief in 1995. He uh, he died in February of 2013. So, but oh, he only went to jail for 10 years. Yeah. 
And just a quick note of all of these, it doesn't really seem like this robbery paid off for any of them. Right. I mean, first of all, they got caught and jailed, so they don't actually have that money. But none of them went on to have great lives, to be honest. Right. Um, I mean, they just had so much potential. Yeah. Is it? And do do do. Take it all back to not having the place burnt down. A couple of those big mistakes. Oh, I don't know. Do you think they would have got away with it without that evidence? To be honest, I think there's just too many people. Yeah. 16, too many leaks. 16 people know about yeah. the crime. You catch one and yeah. then if one speaks. Got to catch them all. Yeah. Got to catch them all. Honestly, I think a trio, for example, us. Perfect. I will rat you perfect. out so fucking <laughs> fast. Are you kidding me? Well, Jess, as soon as we but that's money, only if they get you. Yeah, but I would, I would say, Hello, let me Tommy. off. <laughs> let me off if I give you the names of the other two. And I'll say, no, we know it was Matt and Dave. You three do everything together. And I'd go, nah, shut up. We don't. It's Firstly, different people. Say you'll let me go, and I'll tell you who it really yeah. was. Yeah, and then you name people that's innocent. Yeah, it was Mark Broden and um, Adam Knox. Weird group, but they did it. Yeah. Zach was not present. Yeah. Zach is a good boy. <laughs> anyway, um, Brian Field, uh, after being sentenced in 1964, he served four years of his five-year sentence. He was released in 1967. He changed his name to Brian Carlton to disappear. Sometime after his release from prison, he married Sian uh, uh, from Wales. And in the mid to late 70s, they worked for a children's book centre in Kensington High Street in London. Um, he and his wife were responsible for the company's operation in Central and Southern Europe to where they shipped English-language books and held book fairs at international English schools. He sounds like he did all right. I was going to say, you're right. Everyone sounds like they had a horrible yeah. life after it's worked in books. Yeah, and like the he- the head of s- Southern Europe or whatever. That sounds pretty big. Field, aged 44, and his wife, aged 28, his died in a car exploded. crash. Oh, fuck, all right. Oh, when his dick exploded. <laughs> where did your dick exploded from? What was the? Where was that coming from? They drowned in success. I, I don't think I, I imagine it came out of nowhere for him as well. <laughs> there was a, a light burning, and then all of a sudden, my Explode? dick exploded. Went from a light burning to explosion way too quickly. Yeah. Then I realised that the light burning was the wick. <laughs> oh, was there a wick hanging out? That's really painful. This guy died in a car crash. You yeah. monster. In some ways, that is more tragic than a penis exploding. <laughs> In some ways. Yeah. Right. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. And that was in 79, so when he was 44. It's starting to feel a little bit like that movie, Final Destination. <gasps> the Pharaoh's Curse. Yes. That was, what, the seventh sequel? <laughs> Final Destination, <laughs> The Pharaoh's Curse. That probably would have been a better film than the first five sequels. Um. Then there was Ronnie Edwards, Ronald Edwards. Like Bruce Reynolds, the former boxer and club owner, fled to Mexico after the robbery but gave himself up in 1966, I think, four years later. <gasps> the year the Saints won the premiership. He, he lived to see the Saints win and, and then, then he decided, like, I don't done. care. Yeah. After, ser- after serving nine years in jail, he became a familiar figure selling flowers outside London's Waterloo Station. He was found hanged in a garage in oh, 1994. Oh, again, I was about to say, that sounds... Oh. That's okay. That's a career. Oh. At the age of 62. Uh, Charles Wilson was captured quickly and during his trial earned the nickname The Silent Man because he refused to say anything. Makes sense. Not one of those ironic names. No. Yeah. He's, he's, he a, he's a real talker. He would not shut up. Uh, he was jailed for 30 years but escaped after just four months only to be captured again in Canada after four years on the run, and he served another decade behind bars. Four years on the run's pretty good. Yeah, it's great. In Canada. And another decade because he's 
his sentence was 30 years, so that's not too bad. When he finally emerged from prison in 1978, he moved to Spain where he was shot and killed by a hitman on a bicycle in 1990. <sighs> this does sound like wow. a, a curse. Yeah. Totally. How fucked is this? So 1990, he was shot by a hitman on a bicycle. Yeah. Was that, I don't know uh, if you... he was on the bicycle or the hitman was on the bicycle. I reckon the hitman oh, was on the bicycle. I like, yeah, the idea could, of a... He could ride by. Yeah, and they're just slightly cheaper than those mm. driving hitmen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You look. You go to the, you know, the hitman agency. You weigh up your price. You're like, you could probably only afford a, maybe a guy on a bike, bike scooter, maybe. If razor scooter, razor scooter. No, I was thinking more of a moped. Vespa. Yeah. No, razor scooter. That's a really low budget. Yeah. Roller skates. Mm, no, one, no one's going to think they're a killer. True. They think they're whimsical. Yeah. Because yeah. they are. Um, then there's Roy James. After serving 12 years of a 30-year sentence, he sold silver at a market before moving to Spain. In 1993, he was jailed again for six years for shooting his wife's father and hitting her with a pistol. He died soon after getting out of prison, age 62. Okay. couple dying at 62. He yeah. sounded like a bad guy. Yeah. Why, there, a lot of them are going to Spanish-speaking countries, including Spain. Mm-hmm. And well, Mexico. there's no extradition there. This one, right. I don't have, because I've been doing this a lot, not on purpose, but you guys have been going, oh, this sounds okay, and then I hit you with something painful. Yeah. This one, there's nothing bad here. Gordon Goody was released in 1975, and he moved to Spain to run a bar. I have no further sentences. Really? That one sounds okay. Still there, partying to this day. Who knows what happened. Mojitos at dusk. Is that a thing? <laughs> Is now. Is that the name of the bar? Yeah. James Hussey was released in 75. After working on a market stall, he later opened a restaurant in Soho. In 1989, he was jailed for seven years for a drug smuggling conspiracy with fellow train robber uh, Wisby. Oh, okay. So they they were still friends, which is cute. Uh, Roger Cordry, our florist. um, Tell me it works out for the florist. He was jailed for 20 years, reduced to 14 on appeal. Following his release in 1971, he went back to the flower business and moved to the West Country. Nothing bad, nothing bad. Oh, that's pretty good. The flower business. Yeah. Um, Tommy Wisby, who I just mentioned before, he was the he was the bookie and the and the heavy man. He um, was sentenced to 30 years and released in 1976, but he was jailed for another 10 years in 1989 for cocaine dealing. After his release, he ran a flower stall and went to live in North London. He suffered several strokes as his health deteriorated. Are these flower stores like dealing drugs or something? Is that what's... Mm. There's so many of them that go to this yeah, business. Yeah, flowers. Flower stores. Um, like with the Glasgow Ice Cream Wars, remember? Yes. Yeah. Which we did an episode Which on. an episode on because uh, they were getting the ice cream trucks because it was easy to sell drugs to kids through that. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a good front. Mm. Maybe. Now I'm never going to trust a florist again. All those poppies. Yeah, that's oh. right. Opium. Opium. Um, of course. <laughs> we've got a couple more. Bobby Welch, who was a nightclub boss, was sentenced to 30 years and was released in 1976. So he was released early as well. Bobby Welch. He was later, That's a great name. He uh, later had a, an operation on his leg and the operation went wrong, so he was left. With oh, three did- legs. He <laughs> <laughs> did it on his arm. After jail, he became a car dealer and gambler in London. He's the... Um, at the car dealer or card dealer? Car. Car dealer room, and room. gambler. Not like uh, Maxwell Smart. <laughs> um, 
John Weeder was a solicitor who was convicted of conspiring to pervert the course of justice. He was sentenced to three years and released in 1966. Uh, he went on to live in Surrey. Again, nothing too and bad about him. And that is so okay. horrible. <laughs> the that worst fate of all. Oh, my goodness. Is that why you saved him to the last? Because... Not knowing anything about Surrey, I, I'm not afraid to say an absolute hole in the ground. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nah, beautiful place. Well done, Surrey. Now, you could pretty much do an entire episode on Ronnie Biggs, but a, a little bit of a rundown for you here. After only serving 15 months, Ronnie Biggs successfully escaped from prison in April of 1965 with the help of an escape team. He had plastic surgery in France and moved firstly to Australia and then Brazil, evading a number of arrests. Um, during this time, he uh, courted the media with his story. Uh, detectives travelled to Brazil in 1974 in the hope of catching him, but they were thwarted because Biggs by then had a fourth son, Michael, with his Brazilian girlfriend who made him legally untouchable. It's like out a of their jurisdiction. Son. Three sons, fine. Four sons. <laughs> you got four kids. Damn it. It's like four aces in the hole. Damn it. They're on the plane and he's like busily going, come on, let's have another kid. <laughs> he's like sitting there, come on. Boning real good. Okay. For a second there I was concerned you did not know how where kids came from. And I was like, oh, oh dear. Just not he's, just like, he's just like talking to his wife's belly. Come, come on. on. Come Make on. One. Baby. One, son. Two, three, baby. Needs to be a son. <laughs> um, so the, the, do you reckon the plastic surgery is it any good? What's he done? Has he had a bit of nose work? A nip and tuck? I, I mean, like if they – I mean, is it purely – for because he wants to look different, or is he also like taking liberties? I mean, like, look, I've always wanted to have. I'm sure you would, wouldn't you? I mean, if you were going to do it to change your appearance anyway, you'd you'd change your appearance for the better. Yeah, you know, you're not going to be like, make me uglier. Yeah, yeah. but maybe you do. I'd do it for practicalities. Um, I'd get my eyebrows put out three inches in front of my face to get stop rain falling on. Oh, my, amazing! Three inches. Yeah, like a peak of a cap. I mean, what are they on? Like little sticks. Permanent hat. Hanging out? Like yeah. How, how are they attached to your brow? Um, no, they were you like your whole... That, uh, to me, that was a real dumb question. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Dave. You don't get it. Sorry, are you saying the tufts of hair are just longer? No, no. Your, your, your forehead, you're extending out in a thin... You're basically turning um, your forehead to, into like the brim of a hat. Oh, sorry, that was a dumb question. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, 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 I don't know that it was. I'm not a visual thinker, so I apologise. That's why you do the plastic surgery around That's here. That's right. Not me. And uh, you're still booked in for Tuesday morning? Please. Just, uh, <laughs> just do what you will. I, I'm leaving it up to you. Well, I've I got, think I've got some real big plans for you. I've got, I already have quite a large forehead, so this will be interesting. <laughs> um, I'm uh, putting your nose mm-hmm. um, on your... Mouth. Wow, people will never suspect me of being a robber. Yeah, that's the plan. No, I'll never talk again. You're a... <laughs> Mouth breather, watch out. Yeah, I'm putting your ears hmm? on your mouth. <laughs> it's all <laughs> so just moving everything to your mouth, basically. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's going to be a very crowded area. Yeah. I look so different. <laughs> Nobody will ever know it was Dave. Um, a few more fun facts about Ronnie. Uh, he released a single with the Sex Pistols in 1978 after lead singer Johnny Rotten had left the band. What, so he's the new Johnny Rotten? And so this whole time everyone knows it's him. Uh, he's living it up in Brazil. Yep. 
but they can't touch him. In April of 1981, he was kidnapped by a gang of British ex-soldiers who were hoping to collect a reward from the British police, but the boat they took him aboard suffered mechanical problems off a Barbados. Oh, no. They need, They didn't have a, someone who could drive a boat. <laughs> and the str- and the str- we'll have to wake up the train driver. <laughs> <laughs> the stranded kidnappers and bigs were rescued by the Barbados Coast Guard. Uh, Barbados had no extradition treaty with the UK and Biggs was sent back to Brazil. (laughs) Eventually, in 2001, he was very ill. He decided to return to Britain and face arrest. Um, His health continued to deteriorate while serving the remainder of his sentence and he was finally freed in 2009 on compassionate grounds by then Justice Secretary Jack Straw and he died in the early hours of the 18th of December of that year um, at a care home in North London. Sorry, he went to jail for eight years? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, right at the end of his life. So what year did he die? Because I remember this in the news. 2009? 2009, right. I believe, yeah. Right. Why do you reckon Brazil didn't have good health care? Is that why he needed to join? I, I also vaguely remember him doing media in my childhood. Sorry, he died in 2013. 2013, right. So he was out of prison for a few years. Oh, right, so that he had been out. He wasn't in the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I remember seeing him interviewed on TV a bit. Yeah, he is I vaguely. Yeah, think he's right. like a book tour or something. I suppose if he's doing that Sex Pistols song, yeah, like that's he was, such yeah. a big fuck you, he isn't had it? Quite an interesting life, by the looks of it. And that, like I mentioned, like he could, we could do. I could go on and on and on, probably about him. But so that's why he. So he was the most famous in the end, the one we've heard of because of how long he, yeah, uh, he got away, yeah, from the authorities, yeah, and he was a bit of like a a fuck you to them, yeah, yeah. He was like, eh, 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 you can't get me. It was a bit of that. Right. So that brings me to the end of my report on the Great Train Robbery. I can see why it, it is the Great Train Robbery. Mm. Yes. Even mm. though it all went wrong very early on. Yes. yes. Only one train robbery has that title. It's true. It's Crazy. It almost was like they were cursed by something. Yeah. It really does feel to me like they have made a – there's been a mini-series about it or like a two-parter series in the that UK. That is quite many. But it feels like that's the Guy Ritchie film waiting to be yeah. made, you know? That's like a lock stock type of film. It, it also has a bit of a feel of The Great Escape is sort of our picture, uh, you know, spoiler alert. A little moment there for people to who haven't seen that old movie. <laughs> but towards the end there, um, the escapees, you follow their stories out outside of the prison camp and a lot of them don't end well, nearly none of them, I think. Yeah. It's just so interesting that, yeah, even after, even as some of them only serving a relatively short period of time, for a 30-year sentence they only serve, say, like 10 of it, let's say. Does 30 years feels wild for for that, yeah. For that. And that's I think again apart from maybe the one who beat the guy, but it did the the train guy survived okay? He uh he didn't go back to work, I don't think. Right. He wasn't able to. Wow, okay. He was uh, left I believe brain damaged. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And he died later. I think he got sick. I I'm remembering leukemia. Right. Um, so, okay, so, so yeah, hefty sentences make. But he wasn't more sense in... he wasn't murdered at that time. You but... know, like the, the you see in a movie, like a guy going donk, and they pass out, and you picture them waking up the next day going, "What yeah, happened?" Totally. Yeah, or like yeah. even like half an hour later, being yeah. like, "Oh, anyway, back to work." Yeah, yeah. So that, obviously that doesn't happen. No, that large sentence 
for that crime was part of why people were sort of like thinking of them more like heroes or or kind of siding right. with them, being a bit more sympathetic towards them because it felt like it was maybe overboard. But none of them really seemed to learn from – well, a couple of them didn't go back to crime, but most did and were later put in jail for other things. So it's like they were just criminals – Regardless, like it, they didn't learn from being caught, right? You know, and serving time, they went back to crime anyway. Prisons are famously places where you learn to be better criminals, aren't they? Or yeah. they used to be. They they didn't used to put so much time into rehabilitation. I think are they better now? I have no idea. I, don't I, really I studied know, criminology I a long time ago. Yeah, back in back in the twenties. Yeah, back in the eighteen twenties. <laughs> <laughs> you pioneered the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The labeling theory—that's one of mine. Is it? No. no. That's right. Don't lie to us. That would have been something to be proud of. Yeah. Oh, dear. But you have nothing to be proud of. Yeah. No. And I don't I don't feel bad for saying that. That's a big money. Uh, that's a bigger money. And that is a bigger reporter from Jess. Well done there. That was a good, good story. Yeah, fun. Enjoyed, hey. Enjoyed the ride there. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Guy Ritchie film. I reckon that'd be awesome if he's listening, which I assume he does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can't. I, yeah, I would happily be a consultant on that film. Yes. Um, play a minor role, perhaps. Sure. Okay, minor. No, I'm humble. Um, and also, most of the big roles are men. Mm. I believe Typical. You. Yeah, in this day and age, I reckon they could cast you as Ronnie. Thank you. Uh, I could do it. Maybe they could, they could do a gender swap as well. Oh. Yes. Ocean's 8 style. Love it, yes. Mm. Yes. 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 Rhonda Biggs. Rhonda Biggs, no. <laughs> no, it, no, it's all falling apart there. <laughs> the pitch Ronnie. meeting, they just say, no. Oh, no. It'd still be Ronnie. They've got their pen on the checkbook. <laughs> oh, Just got to cross Click. this T. Unclick. No. Oh, by the way, the main character's name's Rhonda. Um, oh. um, thank, thanks for dropping by. You're pointing at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, stop doing physical gags yeah. on this podcast. Okay. You'll Although never work in this. Very good. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. Ah, oh, wow. Yep. So there you go. Anyway, thanks, Bopper. That was great. Thank I you, really did Bopper. know nothing about that. I tried. Do you know what? I wrote that report with Dave Warnicky in mind. Right. I was like, how would Dave? Yeah, frame did it? There was a real Dave esque. Do you reckon? Yeah. Is this you why know, I liked it so much? Yeah, I you're reckon. Not just saying that. No, I'm not just That's saying. why I started with, like, what happened, and mm. then I went back a no, bit. I love yeah. the jumping around. That really appealed to me. Yeah. So thank yes. you. Uh, my favourite part was probably the where are they then segment. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's a real Dave segment. <laughs> I would definitely do that. <laughs> where are they now? Back uh, then. Also, I looked up, because uh, I'm sure people will be annoyed by the short mention, uh, where, Judge how... Reinhold is the oh, actor's name, but it's a nickname. His real name's... Edward Ernest Reinhold. Oh, Do you also I look see. up um, Judge Reinhold? That guy. Familiar with him? Was he from? From like um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop oh, and stuff yeah, like I know that. Him. He is. He is. He is a mum's boyfriend in something. Wow, the role he was born to play. It's a either in a TV show. No, it's in a film. He is the boyfriend of someone. Is he? He's oh. in Stripes. With Bill Murray? Yes, he is in Stripes. What else is oh, he yeah. in? He's in Gremlins? No. Beverly Hills Cop? No. 
Uh, I mean, yes, he's in these Beverly things. Hills Cop 2. Ah. No, I swear he's a mum's boyfriend. That is Dan. Who's got the will? Oh, wow. That's that sounds bad. Oh. Is that the name of a film? Yeah. Bank Robber, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, The Santa Claus. Yes. Yes. He's the new, he's like the stepdad in The Santa right. Claus. Oh, my God, I did it. I was going to say opposite Robin Williams, but it's Tim Allen. <laughs> is this weird? He's in Beethoven's Third. Earlier tonight, I was playing Beethoven's Third Symphony to the others for some reason. Wow. Wow. That is weird. That is weird. It's borderline weird. I'm freaking out. (laughs) I'm freaking out here. Um, um, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Stop. Um, Let's just thank some people. Oh, great. That's our way out of it. Our way out is to remind everyone that if you love the show and you listen every week and you want to keep the show rocking and rolling, you want to give back a little bit in exchange for some rewards like bonus episodes and shout-outs and voting on the topics so you decide what we talk about each week, Mm. you can do so at Patreon, patreon.com slash dogoonpod. You get all the uh, above-mentioned things at the different levels. And uh, including being thanked on one of the episodes, which is, for six lucky people, going to happen right now. No, well, just before we do that, we've got our new famous segment. So famous that Dave will never forget it. It's called... Fact. Quote. Or question. What's it going to be this week, Matty? Submitted by a Patreon subscriber at the Sydney Scheinberg level. Uh, this week, Dave, it is a question. Come on down. This week's Sydney Schoenberg level Patreon is Danielle Summers. Hello, Danielle. Uh, and also every week, uh, the Sydney Scheinberger gets to give themselves a title before asking a f- question or giving a fact <gasps> or a quote. Uh, and this week, Danielle has said she wants to be titled This Week's Ringo. Oh, love it. Yes. Good decision. She said, or make something up. But I like This Week's yeah, Ringo. that's great. We are very lazy. <laughs> we, we will not be doing that. Thank you. Dave, quick. First thing that comes to your head, a title. John the Baptist. (laughs) So you got two options there, Danielle. (laughs) One of those being the one you came up with, which is way better. Or Or one come up with by someone who is a semi-professional comedian. (laughs) Semi-pro. He's gone semi-pro, everybody. Um, And the question, Danielle, uh, or John the Baptist, or this week's Ringo, Mm. asks is, what would be the title of each of your individual autobiographies? John the Baptist. (laughs) That's what you're... Dave's life work, <laughs> titled John the Baptist, the Dave Warnicky story. That's confusing. <laughs> and I love it. Mine would be, hey, I tried. Oh, that's nice. Maybe it was, what would Dave's be? He's Because he, he clearly can't come up with Golden Tonsils. Yeah, Golden Tonsils. I do have a title that I've been uh, working oh, on. fucking oh. why? Why? <laughs> first what question... makes you think anyone would want to read your fucking memoir? No, first not question, a, why? Second question, why didn't you answer that in the first <laughs> yeah. place? Because I went with the joke answer first. Oh, well, he always does. Is that uh, what it's is called? This, this isn't for a memoir, but I've always wanted to call a show this, and it makes sense for a book, so why not call it this? What? Uh, war Diary of an Illiterate Pacifist. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> there you go. Like, that's quite a funny title to me. Why would an illiterate pacifist write a war diary? It makes you think. <laughs> that's also in brackets because people won't get it otherwise. 
There's paragraph one sorted. Dave, can we be acknowledged in your book? In my war diary? Yes. You certainly will be. Uh, you should call yourself Brigadier Warnocky. <laughs> Written by Brigadier Major David James Warnocky. Please. I met Matt, your title? Yeah. Uh, genuine answer right now, it would probably be Matt's book. But That's I don't want to lock into that. I don't want to lock in. That seems like something Matt would call his book. Dry Ginger Mail, obviously last year's show title. That Maybe was that very would be. Good, yeah. I'm thinking at the moment, my next year's show, which doesn't exist, and I'm thinking about male comedian. <laughs> yes. How do you spell I, male? I like it. Is that a genuine question, Dave? M A L E. Oh. We went through this last year. Are you thinking M A I L? I was thinking uh, like Rick Mail. <laughs> no, I was thinking M-A-I-L Because last year I was I also asked the same question I do remember asking that So yeah, I th- yeah, I don't know what uh, what Buddy um, I'd love to, Danielle You probably, I'm, I mean you came up with a better title For yourself, you probably would have come up with better Book titles for I us I feel like it comes up fairly often anytime somebody It's sort of the same when, you know when we I just hear a random collection of words and say That would be a good band title Yeah. Sometimes I like to like when people say something that sounds a bit funny, I'm like, oh, that's the name of your book or something like that, you know? But I can't think of one right off the top of my head. I'd like now. to be uh, in a film one day and then reference it, like Total Recall. Yeah, that's also. good. Yeah, that's, that's good. so that's good. Because okay. he's totally recalling his life. Well, but. I have a list of, um, of like potential show titles that I've kept over oh, the last few years. Give us a go. Let's see. I'm just finding it in my, uh, okay, <laughs> Perkins 9 to 5. Yep. Oh, that's great, especially if it's good. like a uh, work-based autobiography. Uh, Jess, We Forget. That was suggested by Bob Franklin. That oh, is okay. probably offensive. Of a, yeah, I'm, I'm like, but Bob Franklin suggested it, so, so I'm okay with it. fine. Uh, friend to the End. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> <laughs> Milady. I think Milady is a bit funny. Milady. Milady. But for now. The Jess Perkins story. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Danielle. Bop. What's something? It could be bopping. It could just be bop. 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 Yeah, it probably would be bop. bop. I like one word. Yeah, bop. Bop's good. Thank you. Bop. Yeah, I was talking about you. You're good. Bop's good. Bop's good. How's bop? She good. Bop's good. <laughs> Danielle, I'm so sorry if that was an unsatisfying... I'm sorry to everyone who listened to that. Sure. I think that's fair. But let's thank some people. What do you reckon? Let's, let's do it. startle Bob Franklin. That used to be a segment on uh, the radio. Let's, let's startle him. Bob Franklin. And then callers would call in and try to startle him. And I'll say something like a fact or something. And then Bob Franklin would be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he was very rarely startled by them. I bet. Let's startle Bob. It's a Tony Martin That sounds about like segment. something they'd bloody do. Very fun. Who'd like to go first? Uh, what are we doing with them, oh, Bob? Yeah. Now you're back in form uh, this week. Some great train robbery. What are you thinking? What mode of transport would they rob? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. If any of you go on to do these crimes, I don't want to hear that this was our fault. No. And by me saying that there, I've just covered our ass. Thank you, legally. Jess. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome, Matt. Dave, would you like to thank me? Because if you don't, legally, you're back in the gun. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. 
No comment. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, that doesn't. I plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth. I'd love to thank, if I could, from Please. Newstead in Queensland, which is a, a suburb of Brisbane that has a great little brewery, the Newstead Brewery. I'd love to thank Anna Cox. Anna. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Anna clearly robbed a a canoe seaplane. Oh, seaplane, great! Oh, I love seaplanes. Yeah. I mean, I'd never go on one. They look terribly I've unsafe. Been one. Really? Yeah, I'm very cool. Why and where? I was in uh, where was I? Queensland, and we went on a jet ski tour, and it stopped at a little island. Wow. And the seaplane captain was bored, and he said, "Do you guys want to come for a quick joy flight?" And we said, "Yes." Yes. That sounds like magic. Obviously, he charged us later, but it was still fun. Hold on, what? Obviously, he charged you later. Mates rates, but still sneaky. But we got to go for a little ride, and I felt very sick, (laughs) but it was very fun. Is the landing incredibly rough? No, the landing's fine. It was just that he was like, you're basically flying along, and then to to go up, which I think is a technical term, he just went whoop, like straight up, and and it was not good for the stomach. Well, like a rocket. Yeah, it was like a rocket. I was a, I was a spaceman for was, a moment. Was he by chance uh, Baloo the bear? Yes, I thought so. It's funny that you ask. That. That's the only seaplane I can think of, even if it was from Tailspin, the the Disney cartoon. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you remember that? It was a weird spin-off of Jungle Book where Baloo started flying planes. I don't remember. Have that I made all. that all up? I that think is you might a have. weird spin-off. It's <laughs> a very weird spin-off. Maybe I've made that up. Maybe it's not a spin-off. Do you have a dream? I have had a dream, yeah. I had a dream earlier today when I had a nap that two of my teeth fell out. Uh, it was not a good dream. I was like in a shopping centre. If they were your wisdom teeth, that would have been really be handy. F- yeah, because I'm going to have to get that done. If I could also thank Please. from McKinney in Texas, Woo! United States of America, Elizabeth Lefevre. Oh, that's oh. nice. Lefevre. Are you, when, is that right? Love it. I was about to start singing again, which I will try and not do anymore. Well, you should keep singing because I think Elizabeth Lefevre robs gondolas. Oh, Ooh. when the moon hits your eyes like a big piece of pie. Jess is playing the saxophone again. <laughs> Just give me, give me a lot of money. What is it? Gondola. The great gondola robbery. <laughs> they got away with 38 euro. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. Is that how Lefevre? you would pronounce? I'm sh- it feels like Lefevre. it might. Lefevre. <laughs> but Lefevre sounds so good. Of course it does. I'm sure that's it. Saturday Night Lefevre. Oh, that's good. <laughs> French Travolta. I think it sounded a little something like, like this. Dave, would you like to go next? Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> <clears throat> I had nothing. I'm sorry. I would like to thank all the way. From, <laughs> I'd like to thank all the way, all the way from a PO box in Sea Lake, Victoria. Ooh. I always think people with PO boxes suspicious or very classy. Let's uh, go classy in this. Yeah, instance. no, I reckon uh, some sort of a robber. Oh, yes, all the way from Sea Lake, Victoria. Bron all day. Po- uh, a post truck. <laughs> <sighs> yes, and they conveniently hide it at the Almost post office the headquarters. Crime, but. But not when, not when our little you... PI bopper is on the case. Yep, that's right. Hold well on, PI, and thank you, Bron. Keep reaching for the mail truck. <laughs> yeah. Right. I As I always mail. say, 
at us on mail. M A Y A L. It's another Rick Mail reference. <laughs> Can't have too many. And I would like to thank from South Yarra, very lovely suburb here in Victoria, in Melbourne, uh, Amy Gibbed. Gibbed. G I double B D. Gibbed. Great name. Amy Gibbed. Amy Gibbed. I Amy Gibbed. Great. Love she that. robs a. Time Machine Spa Bath. What was that movie called? Hot Tub, Hot tub machine. Time Machine. No, like Time Machine Spa Bath. <laughs> which is like the knockoff like a... movie. Yeah. I love they it. They redid it in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time Traveling wow. Spa Bath. <laughs> Thanks, Amy Gibb. I don't know why you're robbing that. but um, yeah, Don't what? stay in the jacuzzi too long. You'll get all pruney. <laughs> Amy, Amy. Hopefully she did that in Australia where the notes are made out of plastic because if you did that in one of the countries with paper money, they're going to fall apart. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I like a swim-up bar here in Australia. Mm. Keep your wallet in your, in your bathers, no yeah. prob. Yeah. I mean, I've got a big wallet and tiny bathers. Wow. <laughs> bathers don't have pockets. How scandalous. <laughs> Oh, that was stupid. Anyway, um, I would like to thank, may I, please? Please. I would like to thank from Columbia, South Carolina. Now, do any of us know any facts about either North or South Carolina? Okay, oh, interesting. Um, Jess has had a lot of facts this episode. Let's go to Matt for this Okay, one. yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got quite a few. Love the Carolinas, both of them, but... Did you know hmm. Michael Jordan, legendary, Who? legendary, legendary basketballer? Oh, oh that Michael Jordan. I was thinking of the other Michael Jordan. I was thinking no. of Michael B. Jordan. No, no, I'm talking about Air Jordan. I was thinking of yep. Michael Jordan. The one who's, who, who uh, inspired Air Bud, the Got dog. Yes. Um, he went to a university uh, and he used to wear university shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those shorts were made of magic. Magic Johnson, somehow. Right. Okay. Uh, which is a new fabric of the time. Mm-hmm. But these shorts had such power that when he went into the NBA basketball mm-hmm. uh, association, mm-hmm. national, mm-hmm. he band. continued to wear those shorts, made a magic all the way to the top. That's a fascinating fact. Where did you hear that? Um, to be honest, I heard that from a little documentary called Space Jam. I've heard of it and I've heard good things. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Um, can I thank the person now then? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, no, people wouldn't know anything about North or South Carolina if we didn't put it into context. Yeah, like luckily. That. So from... I like, I'm sorry about how all of the Carolinas... Um, have now been um, hijacked hijacked into North Carolina. So I would like South. to thank from South Carolina. Sorry, South Carolina. David Berry. Ah, the Berryman. The Berryman. David Berry. That's great. That's a great name. Another great name. And he David robbed Berry. a ambulance. Ambulance. Ooh. Wow. Brutal. Organ donors. <gasps> he steals the organs. They're very valuable. Sells yeah. them on the black market. Smart, but yeah. not a great guy. <laughs> no, Sorry. but. Rich. Yeah. Rich. And some would Rich. argue that's the same as being a good yeah. person. I would argue that. Yeah. I love cash. Cash. I love Berryman. 
I love berries. What's your favourite berry? Mm, Raspberry. Poison. Straub. Yeah, nah. Poison. Poison's like a mashup berry. Poisonberry isn't it? ice cream. Holy yeah. shit, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yeah. And yeah. actually, I had some croissant waffles recently. <laughs> oh. Because I'm 27. You won't stop talking about them. They're so good, but they had the freshest raspberries I've ever eaten in my life. What? And I was like, I'm back on board the raspberry train. Mm. Oh, fresh raspberries. Left. Delish. Yum, yum, yum. Bloober. Nah, not a big bloob. You're not a bloob fan. Not really. I love bloobs. Love Juicy them. bloobs. <laughs> um, right into them. Straubs. Bloobs. Mm-hmm. Boys. Yep. Cran. It's, cran. Oh, I could take a leave of cran. Yeah, big time. Where's your cranny, granny? Don't give a fuck is the answer before you go on. Yeah, great. Cranberry juice, though. From ocean spray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to thank the last person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Even they're, they're not still hanging yeah, around. To this. From Los Angeles. Ooh, oh, La La Land. Zach Gidding. <sighs> Zach Gidding. Zach Gidding, that is a great name. He robbed a horse. Yep. <laughs> a racehorse. Zach robbed a racehorse. <laughs> Give me all your money. Oh. All your race money. Where is it? <laughs> In the saddlebag. <laughs> Dingus. That's why the horse started losing races because it had to keep all its prize money on it at all times. (laughs) By the 10th race. It got involved with some pretty bad horses and they... They were were not friendly. They left a human head in his bed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Zach. Thanks so much, Zach. Thanks, everyone. Oh, my goodness. What a great batch of people. What an absolute group of dead set legends. Your support generally helps this show keep on running... Um, and it, fuck, it blows us away how cool um, our listeners and patrons are mm. super sick people. Yeah. My, I don't want to speak out of turn, but they are the best people in the world and I love them with all my heart. Yep, I think that's about right, yeah. We're all on the same page there. Absolutely. Great. Nothing controversial about okay. that statement. Thank God. No, no. Thank God. I've been holding that in for quite a while. And never... Like, never feel like you can't say that, you know? Okay. Thank you, This Jess. is a safe place. Thank you, Jess. We, it's the safest place. We love you and support you. Thank you so much. You fucking idiot. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. Oh. Well, like I always say, that's a good money. <laughs> <laughs> you let us in and we killed you. I can't remember what your phrase was. Was that it? I think it is. Yeah. It that's was. a good money. That's a good money. Well, we've got to go now. We I do. mean, we could sit here and podcast forever. Yes. Which Okay, if we right. have to. Now, we will be back next week with another report on another topic. Who knows what we'll be talking about? But if you are a patron, you probably will because you'll be voting. Um, but uh, drop, in, uh, drop us a line anytime. All the contact details for our social medias and our YouTube channel, all that stuff, is uh, dogoonpod.com. Keep your eyes peeled for primates uh, coming out this Friday, I do believe. Um, with with a three episode drop. Do you believe in love after love? That's my theme jingle. Oh, sure, every time. <laughs> Fuck, she's cool. Yeah, uh, please like and share. <laughs> I can feel something inside me. Say it's a pretty good share. That's that not about sure. Is that what she says? I can feel something inside me. Say. Me say. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like a small. Man <laughs> inside of her. Shut <laughs> yeah. oh, me out. Trevor, shut up. Let me see. I really want to get out of your guts. 
please. Oh. Can we go? All right, yes. we got to go. Thanks very much, guys. See you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.